How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Dungeon of Doom podcast here at MLive, your Lions podcast here at MLive. I am Kyle Mikey, joined by Ben Raven. It is, Ben, a special edition, a special late night edition of the podcast. <laughs> Hard Knocks has just wrapped up a few minutes ago. Our hair is blown back. Really, I'm not, I'm not sure if anything surprised us, Ben, in the first episode, and yet it was entertaining as hell. Oh, man, it was I, exactly right. Nothing surprising out of that. We've been around Dan Campbell and that staff for more than a year now, but entertaining as hell. Absolutely fun. I think there's just, yeah, just a great time. I mean, seriously, it's not just about the swearing and the funny quotes and stuff like that, but it's just the energy on this team. I mean, you got to see a peak. Uh, really, this first episode really focused on the coaching staff, which is, you know, the stars of the show. So that was a really fun just first episode to get into. And just Dan Campbell, he's the engine that drives that baby. And you saw it tonight. We knew he was going to be a star of the show and probably the star of the show. And I know when we talked to Shannon Furman, the director of Hard Knocks on the last edition of the podcast, she definitely said we're going out of our way to spotlight other people mm -hmm. the assistants which we did see and we'll get to in a bit uh, here in the podcast so we'll spotlight some players uh, she said the offensive line which you know was interesting because it can be hard to do that with the offensive linemen but yet the offensive line is a strength in detroit so you understood why they were going to go for that but you always knew dan was going to be the star or a star or the star uh, of this thing he's just a quote machine and you put a, a microphone on him 24 7. this is what's going to happen <laughs> and we saw it ben before the opening credits yeah. of the first episode of the season. Let's roll the tape on that speech. It's it's pretty good. It's a few minutes long, but it's pretty good stuff. And we're going to give our producer here's carpal tunnel with the, <laughs> with the expletives. I count eight references to expletives in my story, by the way, that is up on MLive. But let's roll the tape on the team meeting that opened this season of Hard Knocks. What are we? What makes us what we are? and what we're gonna be. I think it's that right there. It's grit. It's what we started with last year, guys. All you guys that were in here. It's our core foundation, man, grit. And what does it mean? Really, in a nutshell, I think it means this. We'll go a little bit longer, we'll push a little harder, and we'll think a little deeper and a little sharper. Like to me, it means we'll play anywhere. We'll play on grass, we'll play in turf, we'll go to a landfill, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you have one ass cheek and three toes, I will beat your ass. It means that normally I'm 100%, 85%, man. 
That's all I need to beat you. I don't care. I will produce and win at 85%. You guys already know, you're not gonna be 100% until next March. This is the best you're gonna feel right now. It's the best you're gonna feel. The quicker you accept that, man, the better off we're all gonna be. All right, now, there's a number of teams as it equates to, just bear with me, the ocean, right? There's a number of teams, they just barely get to the water. You gotta get in the water to compete. The number of teams, that's all they get to. Then there's a number of teams, they are in the shallows. And they come in a hurry, man, and they are all over your ass. They are all over your ass, and they strike and move. They strike and move, and they're dangerous, man. You just gotta get a hold of them, though. If you could just get a hold of them and you start dragging their ass out to the deep, dark abyss, you can drown them. And that's what we got to be. That's who we have to be. Because that's our domain. That is our domain. Because we'll tread water as long as it takes to f***ing bury you. We'll go as long as it takes because we can and we choose to. That's who we are. That's who we have to be. Now, it goes without saying, the teams that are dangerous in the shallows and the abyss are probably the top four or five in this league. That's who they are. And that's what we're working to. Last thing I'm going to say, I'm keeping this brief. The last thing I'm going to say is this. There is no light at the end of the tunnel. There is no light. There's a song Metallica has, No Leaf Clover, and it says, man, when it comes to the soothing light at the end of your tunnel, it's just a freight train coming your way. Or if you're seeing a fucking light, it's a freight train. Just put your head down and go to work. It's about to be fun, man. It's about to be fun. I'm ready to run through a brick wall. <laughs> I just had to hold myself back from just shouting, yeah! Just kind of. We'll play on grass. We'll play on turf. We'll go to a bleeping landfill. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you have one ass cheek and three toes. I will beat your ass. It's amusing stuff that doesn't win or lose football games, Ben. But like that speech and the others that we saw in the first episode, I do think, you know, gives people, especially people outside Detroit who maybe are less familiar with what's been going on here in Ellen Park, it gives you a taste of what Dan's about. And, it, and again, it's not funny turns of phrases that you don't quite understand. It's speaking from the heart. And you saw that repeatedly, the references to grit. He was practically nearly crying when he was talking in the team, when he was breaking down the team at practice one day, talking about how much he cared about the guys and their health. I mean, like that's Dan Campbell. And again, doesn't win or lose football games by, on its own, but you need to have players with you. You need to have players buying into what you're doing. You need to have a culture that's greater than yourself to have a chance at doing everything else in this league. And it's something that that was lacking then in the last regime. We both saw it. We saw it every day. And I don't know if this thing is going to work out, Ben. No one can say that going forward. Not at this very early juncture. But I, you, you also, you're not saying that they can't do it. You do see some of the stuff that you see elsewhere that leads to winning eventually. That foundation being laid here. And I think it at least, if nothing else, gives them a shot going into year two and forward on figuring this thing out. And I just think that Dan Campbell perfectly toes the line of being that former player. And it's so easy to talk about a former player as a head coach. And obviously that got a lot of airtime in tonight's episode. But I just think he knows how to connect with those guys, young and old. Leaving that Ford Field scrimmage over the weekend, I just left thinking, how can somebody that kind of 
bases their speeches on cliches like grit and blue collar going to work in Detroit and stuff be so uniquely special in his own way. Dan Campbell's not a cliche. He's not one of those things, but he kind of, I don't know, just you hear the word grit and you think that's, you just think of a football coach and you roll your eyes, but you hear Dan Campbell talk about grit for three minutes. You're ready to go put one of the guardian caps on and go hit somebody. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, honestly, I don't want to get too far ahead, but just this talking to the guys about not hitting 100% at practice, that opening sequence. It just is a, the authenticity of Dan Campbell just bleeds through the screen. It bleeds through every day in Allen Park. And it's just like you said, we don't know if this thing is going to work or not, but that dude's real. And he's a human being. He's a football coach. He's a former player. He's not just one thing. And I think just, uh, it was just a great look at the guy that we get to see every day because like you said, no surprises. We knew what we were going to see, but it was still entertaining as, and informative as hell. He was made for this. I mean, he well, really was made for this. We know what we were going to see because again, he is himself. He is him. I wrote that in my story and my analysis coming out of this thing. That's like, we're not surprised, Ben, because we see the same Dan Campbell every day. Whether he's behind a mic, whether he's just stepped like away from a press conference, whether he's on the field, whether he's talking to fans, he's the exact same guy. And I'm telling you, as someone who covered every <laughs> damn day of Matt Patricia here, that was not the case. You saw a different guy, whether he's behind a mic, yeah. whether he was standing three feet away from like where he could be seen on camera, how he conducted business with players, with his fellow coaches, the way that he talked to them, with fans, like he was a different guy to everybody. And... That is not Dan Campbell. I'm not in any of those team meetings, but like, uh, like while being amused by some of the stuff we saw in Hard Knocks, not, I'm not surprised whatsoever. And I think again, like you hear a lot from players that, like, that's not going to get you a first down. It's not going to get you a touchdown, but it gets buy-in. Players respect that. Players can smell phonies. You heard it from Aaron Glenn in this episode of Hard Knocks. And I think one of the things that Dan Campbell did really well is he put a staff around him that really bleeds the same kind of ethos to the same kind of culture. So it's not just Dan Campbell talking at a bunch of people. It's Dan Campbell and his entire staff with more than 80 games worth of NFL experience. Guys like Hank Fraley and Deuce Staley and Antoine Randall L. Mark Brunel. I mean, these guys would kick ass in any like flag football. Yeah tournament between teams or whatever it's just loaded with former players and again that doesn't win or lose you football games on its own but it does help create buying when players are buying into the things that the coaches are selling I saw what it looked like when that wasn't happening in Detroit and it's happening now and one of the most fun things I saw play out tonight in Hard Knocks Ben and I think I think the, the country will see that too maybe that they were less just didn't understand as much about what was happening but the interplay between some of these coaches. Uh, they featured Aaron Glenn and Deuce Staley, and it was really entertaining seeing those guys go at it. And we see it every day, Ben. We can hear it. It's entertaining again. But it's not just those guys either. It's the whole staff. We even see Ben Johnson on there. And Ben right. Johnson, he's getting a lot of love from Jared Goff and everyone else right now for the offense he's building. It's really interesting to see as well what they're doing with the staff in Detroit. And it was good to see uh, Hard Knocks featuring that as well. Absolutely. Aaron Glenn and Deuce Daly's interactions when stuff is slowing down and you're just scanning the field and you can see those two guys just going at it. I mean, there's really nothing better than that as a kid who grew up watching the NFL in the 90s and early 2000s. I mean, seriously, when those guys get close to each other, you saw hints of it tonight and they'll start like boxing each other out as they're like calling plays and assignments to their group. And like you said, it's not just about the former players. It's just the fit of it. You can see that Deuce Daly and Dan Campbell are kind of cut from the same cloth. You can see Aaron and Glenn is cut from that same cloth. They're all different, but it's just that they have that same approach. They really just have that same approach. And I just love the fact that Dan Campbell is, he's not just this football meathead. We've talked about that before. He can be serious. He can be intense. He can be goofy. 
He's old school. He's unique. He's dropping D's nuts jokes to end episodes. He's a heck of a motivator with his own unique can way we, on words. Can we say that on an live podcast? <laughs> I just said. Okay, I'll, we're going to find out. Derek D's nuts. It's pretty uh, pretty good. But I mean, when I even wrote in my updates, you know, now it's on Hard Knocks to show the world that kind of football IQ that we got to see glimpses of last night. And I think that starts to bleed out just through his authenticity. We've talked a lot about the, the coaches because that's where a lot of the debut episode centered. As far as players go, Aiden Hutchinson probably <laughs> got more play than anyone else. And that's not a surprise. He's not only the number two overall pick, but he, he sang the Billy G and we all expected it. We all knew it was coming because I had asked Campbell the other day, we see so much Ben of, of Hutchinson on the field and yeah. what he can do. And I got curious about what his attitude was like, what his just his personality was like away from the field. Was he a rah-rah guy? Was he a quiet guy? Whatever. So I asked Campbell about it and he gives this long, like 300 word response. And you never really know where these things are going to like end. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like he, he has this knack for starting one place and ending in another. And he's giving this long response about like how he keeps his mouth shut unless he's asked a direct question. He's trying to learn from veterans. Really a lot of things you want to hear yeah. about a guy like that, a rookie like that. And then he ends up just saying, oh yeah, by the way, he sang Billy Jean and crushed it and everyone <laughs> loved it. <laughs> and it became like this big talking point last week. So we knew it was coming. Yeah. We saw it. I was entertained. I was more captivated by Jamal Williams, who probably, he's probably the, the second player who got the most spotlight in the first episode, Ben. And let's listen to Jamal's speech. This is from after a practice. I think it was the second week of practice when they first started putting on pads and hitting. This is Jamal Williams as they left the practice field. Well, let let y'all know, man, today is the minimum of effort. Tomorrow we're going to come back even better. I know we started out slow. I know we got pads on the first day coming back. I know we looking at Coach Crazy, but we got to believe in him. You know what I mean? He going he gonna to put us in the right position. We just got to come out here and be dogs. We got to come out here and know we got to be champions. If today y'all think this is it, this ain't it, we got to keep going. Do not give up. Do not feel like you tired. Were you tired? Think of last year and think of that f***ing record. Every time I get tired or I think I can't go no more, I think of that f***ing record. That ain't us. We can make it. We got to believe, we got to be mentally strong. When we tired, that's when we got to put our fundamentals together. That's when we got to be more focused. When we tired, look across the field and see how tired they are. That should give you more effort, be like, I'm going to beat his ass. I'm going to get fundamentally strong. Everybody's great when they're not tired. The champions is when they're tired, that's when the real champions come out. That's when that real dog come out. Because if you go piss like a puppy, stay on the porch and let the big dogs eat. Let them on the f***ing field. Have some heart. I get emotional about this. I'm about to cry because I care about y'all. Last year wasn't it. Last year got me angry, pissed for this year. I'm trying to be better for y'all. When you say I'm tired, I'm going to keep going. Remember your why. Remember why you play football. I want y'all to give everything you got. Every day. Yeah, again, Ben, hair's blown back. Are you ready to run the record? <laughs> That's inspiring stuff. Yeah. It's better than the one they cut together for their promotional materials. Listening to that full thing. Listen. Jamal's a guy who's been fun to talk to yeah. since the day he walked in the door. That's a good guy with a big personality. He's not afraid to show it. He's a good fit for what they're doing here. That's a big reason why they brought him here. Mm -hmm. But 
to see him mature and grow and develop into the vocal leader that he's becoming now, that's what they need. They have this like leadership vacuum without Stafford and Marvin Jones and all these guys that have been shown the door in the last few years. It's like one of the youngest teams in the league. They need veteran leadership. Jamal Williams is stepping up and we're hearing it, Ben, and it's inspiring as hell. Man, he was almost near tears like three different times during that. Jamal grabs headlines for being the happy-go-lucky anime fan that he is and stuff like that. But just like exactly like he said, this is such a young team. We talk about Taylor Decker being the longest tenured Lions player on this team. That's ridiculous. The guy's not even 30 years old yet. But Jamal Williams, you don't see better breakdowns than that. And that's unbelievable just to have a guy like that in the middle of the huddle. Just the record. I'm up at night when I think about that record. And it's nice seeing looks at these guys that go further than that. They're not one-dimensional. The coaches and the players that were featured on tonight's episode. I mean, it's really nice for Jamal Williams to get to show the world that he's not just this goofy dude that's having fun and dancing around on the field and playing catch with fans in the stands. I mean, this guy, he's here to win. He left the Green Bay Packers to come across Lake Michigan to try and help build this thing. And maybe he didn't see this type of role coming when he first signed, but he's all the way in. And when you talk about leaders on that team... For the rest of the season, I'm going to think about Jamal Williams in that speech. 16, 17, 18 weeks from now, I'm going to think about that. (laughs) (laughs) What's putting on the spot a little bit? Again, late at night, this thing just aired. We're (laughs) we're turning this thing around fast. I'm I'm just curious, though, Ben, what was your favorite moment from episode one? The Deuce Staley and Aaron Glenn stuff. When Deuce looks at Aaron Glenn, he's talking about, you, you need to be able to tell the guy next to you that I love you. And then he looks at Aaron Glenn and says, I love you, but I want to bleep you up between the lines but I love you. That's real. (laughs) That's just the back and forth between those two. But that one very specific moment, just because I know what Deuce is saying there, you need to be able to go to war with people that you love. And after you beat the crap out of each other, look them in the eye and say, I love you. You're still my teammate. We're here for each other. And I just, that's the moment I knew I was going to be looking forward to those two's interacting on this episode more because I can't get enough of those two. I'll continue to say that, but just that moment right there is just, it's a good quote. It's a good grab and headline stuff, but that's a real coaching moment. And that's two guys that did, played in this league for a long time, had a lot of success showing this young roster what it's about, how they communicate with each other, how they interact with each other on the field, and how they're still friends at the end of the day. The tone setting between those two is just really special. I was happy to see that get the spotlight. Yeah, that was it was good stuff. I liked how they showed more nuance when it comes to Dan Campbell. And again, I wrote this in my analysis coming out of the episode, but it's still hard to say the word Dan Campbell to someone who's not in Detroit. And the first thing they think about is like kneecaps. Yeah, That's yeah. what he's known for. Again, he gives these great sound bites. It's what you ask for as a journalist. It's what fans <laughs> really like to hear sometimes when these hires go down to help sell the hire to, to fan bases and whatnot. But there's a downside to it that we've seen with Campbell that He's a two-dimensional cartoon to a lot of the country, that he's just this meathead who, because he says interesting things, eating opponent kneecaps, but he's not also about like football and X's and O's and can actually coach the game on deep level. Some of that stuff remains to be proved. I think he's got it in him. They were so bad last year. The personnel was so bad. We'll see going forward. We haven't determined any of that kind of stuff yet. But we do know there's more to Dan Campbell than kneecaps. There's more to Dan Campbell than just buzzy quotes. You don't get this kind of buy-in during a three-win terrible year with a bottom roster without being about something more than 
buzzy quotes. Yeah. There's something there. And I think one of his calling cards to this point that we've seen is authenticity. Yeah. And we talked about it a little bit already, Ben. But I really, I think my favorite quote of the whole show was Kelvin Shepard, the mm. linebackers coach. And I'm just reading it here from my story. Kelvin Shepard says at one point to the Hard Knocks people, am I going to lie to you? I, I thought about cutting my hair. Shepard has like super long dreadlocks from, it goes back to when he played Detroit mm-hmm. in the day. And Campbell's response to Shepard, per Shepard, was absolutely you're not. You're Kelvin Shepard. I'm hiring Kelvin Shepard. I'm hiring Shep. I'm not hiring the guy you think is supposed to fill that position. And that just speaks to not only Dan Campbell's authenticity, but the latitude, the room he gives to the people around him, whether it's coaches or players, to be who they are. And again, I'm a veteran of the Matt Patricia years. That was hardcore, not the case. Like you had to, like that thing was about you have to be a certain way or you're out um you like to talk you like to have fun you like to post pictures of yourself guarding odell beckham during joint practices i know a very random example here of course talking about darius slay there's a falling out that that occurred over a team meeting but yeah like guys cannot be themselves and these days they can and that makes a huge difference ben and again i'm not like that's not going to go win them an NFC North title, but it sets the table for a healthy program that guys actually want to play for, guys actually want to come here. And that, that of course, you, you need that kind of thing, that kind of momentum to get anything going. We never saw it before. And I do think we're seeing it now. And with some luck and some, and some good health and so forth, I do think we'll see better teams going forward. And I think Dan Campbell and his personality and this thing, this authenticity thing will be a big part of it. No, and I'm glad you brought up the Shepherd quote because that to me just screams what a leader should be. You're infusing the people underneath you on your staff with confidence to be themselves. They got to this point by being themselves, enhance them, pick them up to continue being themselves. We were just talking about the previous regime. Let's give a shout out to the athletics, Colton Pouncey, the new guy on the beat. What do you think would have happened to him if his alarm went off during a Matt Patricia conference, press conference? Because I went up to Colton after the happened and said, I don't know if we'd be seeing you back here for a No, they'd weeks. be putting his picture on the side of a milk carton is what would be happening. I've seen it. I saw it happen and it wasn't pretty. And I get it because it's disruptive and it's annoying. And when Colton's phone went off, that wasn't just a press conference. That was the first press conference of training camp. Like it was kind of a big deal. I know some people were carrying the thing live, I believe on the radio. I get it. It's annoying. Patricia would have dealt with it like it was annoying. Campbell dealt with it like a human being with empathy that, hey, this guy messed up. And he put him on the spotlight. And you got almost guarantee it's never going to happen again. (laughs) Not to that guy anyway. Yeah. It just wasn't a scene. We were back to business 30 seconds later. Yeah. I was there when Patricia went after a different reporter for not sitting up straight during a press conference. So I can only imagine what would happen if a ringtone went off in the middle of his first press conference of training camp. It's a new world order. Ben, let's wrap up with this, okay? So we saw a lot in the first episode of Hard Knocks. We didn't see everything, obviously. There's a lot of things Mm -hmm. happening. I think we only saw two or three players really featured in a meaningful way. I'm just curious what you want to see going forward. You and I are there every day. We have a good sense of what's happening. Storylines to watch in the future on Hard Knocks. What are you looking for? What's maybe missing so far going forward? I'm really looking forward to when they not only start featuring the players more, but getting what you saw a moment of with Hutchinson away from the team facility at their home. I'm really looking forward to maybe seeing them hook up with a grizzly man, Frank Ragnow, and going outside and doing some weird stuff like that. Anything like that. The stuff that we don't get direct access to, like these guys outside of the facility, these guys away from the practice field and stuff like that. That's a 
that's the stuff that I leave hard knocks when I pick it up and watch it before the season that I really enjoy seeing is seeing these guys as human beings away from the field. And that's the first thing I think of because I'm, hey, I love the coach stuff. These coaches are entertaining as absolute hell. And I mean, that's got people going in the right direction for this series the rest of the month. But uh, yeah, get those players away from the facility, get to learn a little more about them. Very curious to see how they kind of focus in on some of the more unheralded guys, the undrafted guys, how they focus on them they got a lot of cool stories to tell there for sure but uh yeah i'm looking you know that's that was what was missing from this first one it was just a player element i don't think it was missing i just think they had such a meaty piece of meat to chew on that was dan campbell and his coaching staff that it was best to set up that first episode with that but yeah the players away from the facility that's what i'm looking forward to when we talked to the director of hard Docs, she said one of the hardest things about doing this season in detroit was figuring out what to cut when it comes to Dan Campbell and team meetings. And she said that when she watches team practices, like she's always listening to Dan yeah. Campbell. So I can understand, like that would, be, that would be hard to cut. I can understand fully why he was the star of the first episode, him and his staff. If you think about it, and maybe I'm missing something because again, it's like midnight right now. We just haven't had a chance to really digest what we just saw. I was writing during the episode. But like, as I recall, Ben, I think I really only saw meaningful airtime as far as players from Aiden Hutchinson and Jamal Williams. That's all I remember anyway. Maybe there's somebody else that I'm Just with the Rodriguez so, dancing. Briefly, yeah. briefly yeah. Malcolm Rodriguez, a, a fellow rookie. So I guess that leads me to where I want to go with what I want to see going forward is player battles. Like guys who are battling for starting jobs, guys who are battling for roster jobs. Those are hallmarks of previous hard knocks. You saw a lot of interesting stuff there in terms of storylines and drama and mm. got a real sense for what this grind is like and the stakes for some of these guys. And you know, we didn't really get a sense of it in the first episode. I'm sure we'll see it going forward as the preseason gets underway. Cut day draws closer. I, and I'm curious about guys like Malcolm Rodriguez, rookies who are fighting their way into roles and learning this thing for the first time. And I don't think it was a mistake. I don't think it was a coincidence, Ben, that they teased his little salsa dance that he did in the team meeting. I mean, hey, like that was... Fun. There's a million other fun things I could have shown, and I, they showed that. I think that was maybe just a little taste of this guy exists on the roster. He's doing some good stuff. You're <laughs> going to see more of him going forward. I think that was just like a little seed planted because we're out there, Ben, and we see him repping with the first team. And oh, yeah. when you're a sixth round pick and those guys, like 30% of those guys get cut. Yeah. So to see a guy like that, like fighting for a starting job, he's getting first team reps already. That's insane stuff. I do think we'll see more of Malcolm Rodriguez going forward. And I would like to see more of him. I would agree with that. I think I saw cameras on his butt when he was walking into the weight room today. So I think they're definitely <laughs> leading into that. <laughs> that that's what we, there's been a lot of references to asses today. So yeah. I think maybe we should just wrap this up before we both get into trouble. Like clean uh, up with a yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. It, first episode was a lot of fun to watch, even for the two of us who are around it every day and kind of used to it. It was, it was cool to see the behind the scenes access. That was just one of five bed. We've got four more of these, right? Yeah. Another month to go every Tuesday. Uh, every Tuesday at 10 p.m. on HBO and HBO Max. And like this week, we'll be all over it with analysis and a, a weekly podcast breaking this, this stuff down. Ben, good stuff. We'll see you again next week. We got practice in eight hours. Let's oh, I know. Here. I'm already tired. <laughs> I'm already tired. <laughs> This has been Ben Raven and Kyle Mikey of MLive's Detroit Lions Beat. Thank you for listening to the Dungeon of Doom, an MLive Detroit Lions podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Google. Like I said, wherever you get them and listen to them, make sure to subscribe to the Dungeon of Doom. Thanks again. Thanks again.